Hello everyone, I'm Kevin Miller and this is The Ziggler Show, where our goal is to inspire your true performance. In this episode, how self-aware are you? Do you really know your style? I mean, most people listening to this show have an idea what their personality style is from one of the many personality profiles out there. But what we uncover further in this Q&A episode is you can know your personality style and be wholly ignorant of your literal, tangible working style in the main roles and duties of your life. Along with that, you can know your spouse's personality type, your coworkers, kids, and more, and completely miss out and bang up against their styles, again, in these main roles and actions of life. So I posted this question to the Ziegler audience to dig further into this issue that we've been looking at. How self-aware do you feel you are in regards to your style in key areas of your life, such as finances, decision-making, work, parenting, spirituality, learning, leadership, and more? And then I asked Rick McDaniel, my guest from show 749, where we discussed the message in his new book, You Got Style. I asked him to join me. As always, it was a brilliant live coaching session as Rick talked through the real-world applications and realities of being more self-aware. That's what we're looking at in this show. Hey, let me take a, just a quick moment to thank you. This is another one of my weekly Q&A shows, and we've now far eclipsed 40 million downloads of The Ziggler Show. And over the past couple of weeks, we've been ranked in the top 50 business podcasts in iTunes on planet Earth and top 10 in career, top 800 overall podcast anywhere. I mean, these Q&A shows are 50% of my Ziggler Show podcast podcast and what makes them good is your sharing. Just what we're going to hear in a minute, your sharing, sharing your experiences, your advice and your perspective and your heart. And that's it. I just want to thank you. If you want to uh, join these conversations, you haven't before, just find me on Facebook at agent K as in Kevin, agent K Miller. And I'd love to hear from you as well. We'll get started with your comments and Rick McDaniel's insight right after I share some great products and services with you. All right, Rick. Well, with your book out and with your congregation and all the speaking you do, I'm sure you do what we're going to do here today a lot, which is take people's you know comments and questions around this thing and uh, apply them to their real world circumstances. So uh, you ready to roll? Absolutely. All right. Yeah. Well, Sophia here, she says, you know, to, to this question, how do you, how self-aware do they feel they are to their personal style? She says very self-aware, but that's grown significantly over the last decade, as I poured massive amounts of energy into personal growth and development, learning to know myself and love myself unconditionally has served me in many ways. And I asked her, as I often do on Facebook, I responded back, said, was there a catalyst to that effort, that investment? And she says, I overextended and overcommitted myself the first half of my 20s. When I was 24, I crashed and took a week sabbatical, spent a week by myself in silence to reflect on what I was doing and why. I decided to do Michael Hyatt, uh, which most folks listening here know Michael Hyatt. We've had him on, on the show a few times. Um, his creating your life plan. And over the coming years, continued to look for opportunities to invest in myself. And as they say, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Uh, the growth opportunities presented themselves on my path one by one as I was ready for them. Well, of course, I, I so applaud her pursuit to invest in herself. I wish I had done that at the young age of 24. It took me quite a bit longer. But in regards to what she said, Rick, to overextending, overcommitting uh, oneself seems like a common issue. 
when we don't know ourselves and to your message, don't know our style. It made me think of, you know, as we talk about the work style, I went back into the book and looked at that. I'm a, I'm a designer primarily, a little bit of developer, man. When I find myself trying to fill a stabilizer role, that's where I end up overextended and overcommitted. And I'm sure that's what you see constantly. It's part of the reason why you brought the book to us. Yes. Yes. And that your example is an outstanding example of exactly what happens. If you're a designer you are not going to be able to do that stabilizer role for any amount of time without it starting to drain you and take you away from your energy to take you to, to really bring you into a place of discouragement. And I could see how someone like Sophia could, could crash, you know, just like overextended doing things, not learning to say no, doing things they shouldn't be doing that are not, do not fit their natural style. Now, of course, what's so great about a book like mine is learning what your style is because now you have terminology, right? Like if you got into a situation like this, Kevin, you could say, Hey, um, that's not my style, you know? And the person would be like, what are you talking about? I'm a designer that's stabilizer. What does that mean? Well, let me just explain. And you'd ha you have, you have definitions, you know, have clarity about it. And then someone can go, Oh, okay. I understand. Yes, I get it. And then right, right there, you can have a, maybe lack of conflict, which would be marvelous because there's greater understanding. Well, and with that, yeah, with, with that, the, the extended and overcommitted, I think I have in the past sometimes thought, man, I'm just working a lot. So it makes sense that I am stressed out, burned out, whatever. And yet I found that if I am putting in long days where I am sitting back, I'm thinking, I'm co contemplative, and I'm writing. I can do that. Put in a long day. And may, I may be, you know, a little worn out, but I'm, I'm pretty inspired as opposed yes. to that day that I put in, you know, trying to get my stuff to my bookkeeper so they can do taxes and the stuff that doesn't fit me. And I am, I'm max. And, and I've learned now to realize that. And I'll, you know, even tell my wife, said, you know, honey, um, tonight, can we just like watch a show? or something and not let's, let's leave off any big talks or big topics. Uh -huh. Cause I'm, uh -huh. I'm max. So I wonder, yeah, in that, do you see that, that there, that maybe we are errantly thinking, man, I'm just maxed out because I'm doing a lot where you would say maybe more just cause you're doing the wrong things or the ill fitting things or, or not, not that, I mean, it's not wrong to do bookkeeping. It's gotta be yeah. done, but no, to, know, to, be done. to know it's going to yes. tax you in a different way. Right. Yeah. Yes. It's not your style. It's not your style. And if it's not your style, it, it eventually will drain you. Whereas again, when you're in your sweet spot, when you're in your style doing your thing, even though it's hard work, there is, there is an energy to that. And, and I've seen that in my own life. I, there was a point where I started a church from scratch. So that's a whole endeavor. Then I started three other campuses, two schools. I know about starting stuff, but when I came time for the first big building project, uh, people are like, Oh man, I hope you can do this and also do the other work that you're doing. And it was an enormous amount of work, an enormous amount of work. And there's studies that say that after you do a building project, that pastors will resign their church. Like they completely wiped them out. It yeah. did not have that impact on me at all, at all. I loved it. I enjoyed it. It entered, it was super long hours, but it energized me. Now I will say again, it did energize me, but the, the, the toll physically is, is still real. Yeah. When, when we finished the, the project and the, this, this big church building was done, the, the, uh, the church gave my wife and I uh, like a, a cruise to just kind of like 
here, take a break, you know, very nice thing to do. So the board was really behind it. Okay, so we, we got on a, a cruise ship and <laughs> it's a true story. And it left out of Norfolk, Virginia uh-huh. and was going to New York City. I fell asleep. And when I woke up, no true story, I looked out the window and there was the Statue of Liberty. Wow. I had literally slept for in the middle, like in the middle of the day, like from two o'clock, I had slept all those hours. Then I, when I got up, I had a little bite to eat. I went back to sleep and I slept. And you know how those rooms can be dark with the darkened uh-huh. shades until like 10 the next morning. Goodness. And I'm a super early riser, just bizarre. So the point of all that is that I was in my sweet spot. Although yeah. all those months and really over a year of work, it did sort of ultimately, I needed to get caught up. Yeah. But by the way, that trip did that. I was, I was good to go after that. So. Well, well, it's interesting. Of course, you and I were just chit-chatting about my a house that I built up in the mountains. And man, the, the, the horror stories you'll hear from people, if you're going to build a house, that it can wreck a marriage. And, yes. uh, interestingly for us, it did the opposite. And it was one of the things my wife testifies, one of the best things she sees uh, th- that helped me in some of my own personal growth and helped us as well. But I was sitting there at the height of blank page and getting to create stuff, which yes, is my sweet spot. Your style. Yes. There that's you go. so Beautiful. interesting. Well, yeah. here's, here's a comment heartfelt comment, uh, Rick, that almost goes out beyond even style to outcomes, but I know it's, it's acute issues that you deal with amongst this topic every day. So Evan, he says, uh, I would say very, I'm very, very aware. I'm also aware of the fact, and here's a statement. He said that the ideal me is unrealistic. And of course I responded back and said, okay, interesting statement. Explain that to me. He says, I had this ideal image of what a strong and healthy Evan speaking to himself in the third person looks like. I made great progress in weight loss and nutrition. Then I injured my knee and the recovery is at least a year and a half. Seven months later, I have an appendectomy, this perfect image of me as a philanthropist. And I give money to fund a girl's life-saving surgery. And she died in the operating table. I had this image of a strong growing family and we lost a second pregnancy. We have four ER trip visits this year and separate from that, my wife was in a car accident. Then two days later, our only vehicle uh, stopped working. All of this was emotional. All this was financial. And the picture of perfect Evan didn't look anything like my real situation. What I learned through this is my picture perfect Evan was not only uh, self-hatred towards what I am and how God made me, but it was also idolatry. We think peace comes from good circumstances, but true peace from God is in spite of your circumstances. And this is something that I've had to learn. And it is, uh, it's helped me significantly in overcoming fear and anxiety. A lot of sharing there. Yeah. yeah. Some hard stuff. I, I know Evan a little bit. He's a, he's a consistent, uh, he comments quite a bit. He's got a podcast that he's just started recently and interviewing some great, some great people. But I, I just sympathized with that in this, you know, in all of our self-awareness and our goal setting and our achievements that we want to do that we put this ideal out. I love ideals. That was my, uh, shoot. What was the personality style? That's ideal, a uh, financial, I think, is that right? Yeah. That I was yeah, idealistic. Uh, yes. Probably could say that for me overall. I, I am very, so I appreciate that. And I also know in the real world, then you can come to when it's not playing out. And I, I've struggled, I do, with shame amongst that, which I, I'm sure you see a lot. Yes. 
Well, this is almost bigger than just the styles. You I know, know as I you know. kind of reference, you know, um, you're yeah. getting into God's will, suffering, you know, purpose uh, uh, in life. I mean, these are some, man, four ER visits and these sorts of things. It's hard to understand all this stuff. And, and um, that really is kind of beyond the scope of, of, of today as far as styles. What I can say to come in terms of the ideal self is uh, your, your styles are your styles. They're not your ideal self. They're not what you want to be. They're not what you want, how you want things to go. They are inherently who you are. And, and so to, in that respect, uh, they transcend these sorts of uh, challenges that life brings. Now, we were talking uh, on another episode about your you know, the financial part, financial styles, and the fact that sometimes, you know, you have to like choose to be something different. So there yeah. are choices to be made, but you know, as far as like your thinking style, uh, that is what it is, you know, that your spiritual style, those are hardwired in, into, in, you know, into who you really are. And so to that extent, I think learning about your styles is not about creating an ideal self, in terms of your eye, but it is really understanding how you are created and wired up. I do in the, as you talk about it there, the ideal self kind of going back to what we talked about a minute ago. So if I want to be in my zone, in my, in my sweet spots to know my styles and to say, okay, in my, the more I am living within those, the more my capacity, gosh, to, to what Evan says here, even to withstand the things that yes. do go wrong Correct. in life. That's right. Yeah. Yes. For instance, go back to the building thing. Imagine how many you're talking about. You built a house. I built a house. I built an entire church building. You know how many problems come up right in a building process. And yet, because I was in my zone and functioning within my styles, it didn't like overwhelm me. It didn't cause me to question, you know, God's goodness or anything else. I just was able to deal with it because it was within the way I am. Which I think about just as far as capacity. Am I, am I becoming the person today? Am I living within the, the health uh, that I should be today to withstand the, the problem that is going to come up? And, and this is an exaggerated one, but I talk about it with my kids. We have a big family. I said, man, the, the chances of something going south for one of our family members is, yes. is high. Are we yes. prepared now to deal with the gravity of that. And that's where all this comes in. And yeah, what is my capacity if I am living out? You know, I wanted to ask that earlier. I'll go ahead and throw that in now. You know, when you look at the being out of sync, like if I need to spend a day being a stabilizer in my business, fulfilling a role that I'm not great at, but I need to put that hat on now. And as a business uh-huh. owner, an entrepreneur, you, as a pastor, you, you're often occasionally, hopefully it's only occasionally doing that thing. Okay, great. But we know we have so many people in the workplace who have errantly, maybe they they started off errantly going a direction in school that took them down a path. And now they feel committed to an area that is not in there or a role, I should say, that is not in their sweet spot. Yet we have so many people go, Hey, you know, it's what you do to make a buck. It's not supposed to be good. And yet you're seeing acutely the, uh, the limitations of that, I would say, or the consequences. I'll give you an example. The I read a study one time, and it's been confirmed in in my personal interactions that there are a number of lawyers who really end up not being happy being lawyers. Yep. And so here they are. They're working these enormous hours. They have this enormous debt, and they realize I don't even really want to do this. But how do they get out of doing doing it when they've 
in, committed themselves in terms of their financial indebtedness. And so those are challenging things. Now you watch people get out of it. These, you know, you know, people can do it. I know people that have a law degree, but do something different. And they're quite happy now doing that. But whether it's that or any number of other professions, in the end, if you're doing what your if your work, the, this thing that you devote the greatest amount of, of your life to is not synced up with your styles, yeah. it's it's not going to be good. You're going to have to work to, to make that change, whatever that requires. And there is why I am shamelessly, uh, you know, have you on the show promoting the book. Like I told you, when I left the home, my home today, one of my sons was going through this because uh, I want them to know this stuff. I want them to look at the things that they're doing, whether it's in school, whether it's in their work uh, and see, am I in a place where I am in alignment? Um, mm-hmm. And it's interesting when you you talking about lawyers. So years ago, when my dad, Dan Miller, who is coached and consulted with, I have no idea how many people, but I remember a long time ago, I mean, well over uh, a decade or more ago, him saying that two of the primary professions, uh, you know, pe- people that he sees, two primary professions that he sees people get into for the wrong reasons that he ends up counseling to help them find more fitting employment, lawyers and pastors. Uh, people who went into it for the wrong reasons, lawyers who went in for, you know, whatever power, money, whatever it may be. And it was, you know, was a, wasn't a bad, wasn't a good fit. And pastors, people who authentically wanted to, you know, go serve God. And they figured that ah, that must be what you have to do, even though it was a horrific fit. Yeah. The, the, the pastorate is a super hard job. It is a super challenging job and it is, it is not necessarily what you think it is. And some of the parts that have to do with the running, especially as, you know, your whole idea is grow a church. And then guess what? When you grow a church, you, you inherit all kinds of new challenges that most, most pastors really never were, were prepared for or even wanted to do. Uh, so I can see that. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Well, here's uh, an interesting one. Gregory, he says, very well aware of his styles, he feels like. And I said, why and how? And he said, he said, why is a favorite question? Why do I do things and don't do things? Why do I think this and so? Why does it matter? Why do so-and-so respond the way to something I, I, I did or said? It, and he references G.K. Chesterton, who said, what is wrong with the world? With uh, uh, con- Who gave a concise response of, I am. In, a rec- in recent decades, a song was released during Christmas time with a phrase, let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. And then, of course, it goes back to Matthew 7 about, you know, judge, uh, judge not so that you will not be judged and talks about the, uh, what's the scripture of, uh, of pointing out the speck in your own eye when you've got a, yeah, or in somebody else's same, eye when you've got a plank same, in your Yeah, same place in the so Bible, yep. He says, these axioms involve a lot of self-awareness. Uh, there are plenty of jerks and hypocrites in the world, and I don't want to be one of them. Uh, though sometimes I still am, but why? So it's an upward spiral of leaving the world, hopefully a little better than it was. I love the the perspective there just on self-awareness. I would say so much of, yeah, I don't want to be caught unaware and be that guy who is unaware and may be a jerk, hypocrite, whatever. And uh, I feel like it's, you know, a case for your message and your book is the responsibility to be self-aware. And I don't, I don't recall in the book and even in talking with you before your charge to everybody to, Hey, you need to be responsible enough to be self-aware, but by proxy, I feel like it's gotta be a part of the message that you're putting out there as folks, you, the benefit, maybe it's not a charge to, but just a calling up of the, the benefit of being self-aware and the consequences of not. 
Yeah, it's funny because I don't know that I do say it specifically in the book, but on the book cover of all things is where I literally say discovering your individual style helps you understand yeah. why you do certain things, why you act in particular ways and why others act the way they do. So it certainly is. Now, what I would say to, to this comment is this person, I'm aware of my styles. And I would say, uh, no, you're not. I would. I would say that. And, and, and being a bit of a stickler, now you may say, well, you're talking about your specific terminology of styles. But be, you may know of yourself, but this is why a book like this is so great because it gives you the terminology. Yeah. It gives you the nomenclature to be able to say, oh, okay, I am a hunter as it relates to finances. So I'm an accommodator mm-hmm. as it relates to time. To be able to know these things about yourself is, is very important. And so I think that knowing your styles in like knowing yourself, yes, great. But you know, specific is always more powerful than general, right? That's, we know that to be true. We can, you just, it's just nature, right? It's just math. You funnel something in and the tighter it gets, the closer it gets, the more powerful it is. And so the more that we can define ourselves and understand ourselves with, with particular words, you know, that is going to be better for us. It just, it just is. And so, and I just think about something like thinking styles. It's one thing to say, I know how I think. It's another thing to say, no, I have the adopter thinking style or the stimulator thinking style. And here's what that means. And I know that about myself. Here's what I know about my friends or spouse or whatever. So it's, it's great to have a desire for self-awareness. And then you've got to look for tools that can help you to, to focus and define yourself more and more. So you have as great a personal power as you can have. I want to support what you just said, and I'm going to do it uh, after reading this next one because it lines up real well with what you talked about. You are listening to The Ziegler Show and my Q&A here with Rick McDaniel about the power of being aware of your personal style. In the next comment, I read uh, a listener cites all the personality profiles she's taken, and then you'll hear Rick and I talk about how these personality profiles can just so much uh, miss our personal style. And this is why I have Rick on the show sharing this message. So we'll get right back into it after I share some great products and services with you. Jennifer, she says, on a purely academic level, I've been fortunate to work for lots of companies that have required multiple tests to see my strengths, the anagram, et cetera. I know what makes me tick spiritually. I've done many classes on my spiritual gifts, lots of classes uh, similar to that. I find it very interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. Talking about that again, that's again why we had, why I brought you onto the show. And in the initial one, uh, it was, you know, episode 749, folks. If you haven't heard that, I mean, this is somewhat of a continuation of that. Obviously, we're talking about the same concept here, but that was the point. I have done, yeah, the disc profiles, the anagram, the Myers Briggs, the, some of them I can't even remember anymore. And I get the benefit of that to know for myself, to know, you know, how my wife tends to tick to some degree. But that's where, when I read your book, I thought, yeah, again, if I'm a, if I know that uh, Bob is a high D personality type a, you know, whatever that does not, there's no way out of that. I can know exactly what are his decision. What's his decision-making style. Mm -hmm. What what is his time style? What is his finance style? Cause I've known people who fall into that category 
that are, are, are all across the spectrum in those areas. Um, now we can, you know, we can stereotype and say they tend to be a little more impatient, a little more assertive. It still doesn't tell me they can still do be that and be very different with time. One of them is a stickler for time. You show up on time, you do that. Every, and then you've got another one who's always late one who's all whatever. And that comes back to the value of just like what you talked about. That's why I yes. wanted to bring it up now of having those clearly defined, uh, definitions. Well, here's another spiritual gifts, right? Okay, yeah. we do that in my church. We believe in that, absolutely. But spiritual gifts is not the same as spiritual style. Whoa, yes, they're different. They're different. Spiritual gifts are in the Bible. They are, they're defined that way. But spiritual style is something different. So again, someone who's been, and she is fortunate, if you've been able to do, you know, Anagram and, and DISC and Myers-Briggs, spiritual gifts inventory, and you got a lot of knowledge of yourself, that's great. This is just another one of those tools in the toolbox. And I would argue, like you, that some of those others give you sort of this generic understanding. Here we get in the specific way. How do I deal with time? How do I make decisions? How do I deal with money? How do I parent my children? How do I connect with God? There's a style for that. Finding that out is very, very helpful. Yeah. As you say that it make, you know, I, on some of the definitions, so you do a dish profile, whatever, and it says this person will tend to do X, Y, Z. It seems to, uh, uh, to, uh, address more. This is how this person's going to respond and react. This is how you will do better to respond, react to that person still doesn't say this is the style that they are in these certain areas, which is why I want everybody I know to do this. And as I told you yesterday, I've been telling other people about it. It is, I, I appreciate your humility and saying, ah, it's another tool in the toolbox. I think, I think I'm going to separate it out. I'm say personality profiles are over here. Knowing your style is set apart from that. And as we talked about, there may be some propensities that relate back and forth, but what enamored me is realizing uh, so many areas that are not going to be congruent between every personality style. Every D does not think, decide, have, you know, spiritual style uh-huh. as, as that. And that's where I'm so interested. Go, oh, gosh, I, cause I did, I didn't know my own. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't cognizant of it. I should say. Yes. And somebody who's devoted their life to self-awareness and self-growth and is, you know, in, in the business of it for you to go through the book, identify all your styles and find it helpful. That, that says a lot to me. I mean, a lot because someone who hasn't done all these things, they, they'll be like, oh, this book is incredible. But somebody who's done all those other and has the background that you have, even with your dad, and you still are able to uh, get new ways of understanding how you, how you act and the styles that you function in is uh, really, it's, it's encouraging to me because it says, boy, there's, there's information here that can help just about anybody. Well, it's interesting you said that because he's, he's one of the people on my list uh, to send a book to. Uh, cause I, I want to get his take on it, his perspective. Cause yeah, again, I grew up with, I don't know if anybody's done more personality profiles over their lifetime <laughs> than I have. And when I saw this, you're darn right. I, I thought, man, this is different and, uh, revelatory in, in a way. And I want, matter of fact, we'll talk after this. I got to figure out, uh, you got to give me a deal on bulk book purchases here. Cause I got a whole list of, all right. We can do that. All right, good. Uh, well, Kyle here, he says, a great question, Kevin. I sometimes feel like I dwell on this too much. I'm not a conceited person. I just strive for growth in all the areas. Okay, he actually said some more, but I wanted to stop there because I, I always appreciate addressing this question when it comes to our own personal growth, personal development, self-awareness, uh, because I think there's always been people who have, t- they've gone into it 
too far to a degree that's almost narcissistic. But the problem that I see is when, when folks have experienced that or experienced somebody else where they will negate the benefit or the going back to the responsibility of doing this, uh, being self-aware and becoming more self-aware is, is nothing, you know, even if you are doing it, I'm, I, I, narcissistic is such a hard word, but with self, it, I, I'm, I am doing it selfishly. I want to know myself better so I can relate to my wife better. Yeah, because that makes that my selfish. Well, it makes my life better. I'm okay well, with that. It does that. make your life better. Self-interested. Yeah. So, so here's what I would say to this, because this I could talk a lot about. Okay. This whole wrong idea of humility. Mm-hmm. But let's just start. Let, again, of a pastor of many years, I've worked with thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of people. So I've got a pretty good baseline. Yeah. The majority of people are not the ones that you have to worry about them being too narcissistic. And I would say, what was the uh, man's name? That Kyle? Kyle, yeah. Kyle, I would say to Kyle, uh, I doubt that you're, we need to be concerned about you being too narcissistic. Yeah. Way more people are on the other end and don't think enough of themselves and don't understand who they are and how God's made them and, and, and can appreciate and accept themselves and their gifts and their styles and all that. So I think that that's the first thing is I don't think there are that many people. The second thing I would say is we understand very clearly the Bible's teaching on humility for sure, for sure. So I'm not in any way, you know, promoting pridefulness. But again, the idea of prideful is is something down the road, really. I mean, you you need to just know yourself to to understand yourself better. And there's nothing wrong with knowing yourself and then being confident in who you are. That is not prideful. That is not narcissistic. So I've, I've been around narcissists. I've been around people with the, the narcissistic personality disorder, NPD. I know what that is. That is, wow, that's a whole different ballgame. So I think that it's good that Kyle is concerned. You know, it's almost like the, the, uh, the unforgivable sin. You know you haven't committed it if you're concerned about having committed it. So, you know, as long as you're concerned about the, being too narcissistic, I think you're probably in a good place but you should pursue this insight about your styles because it will make you more confident. And again, all the other things we've talked about, you'll stay in the, and where you should be, you'll be in your sweet spot, all good for your life. If we could go in, if I could go into my brain and take out any aspect that uh, of self-interest, I would still then desire to do this thing out of uh, yeah love for others. If I take this to know myself and then let's just take my wife and then to know her and be able to be aware of that and to say, gosh, she is responding to me because of my style right. uh, is not her style. And how can I meet her there? And, and which I think I, I told you about earlier. I haven't done it yet. Um, since our last, since we last talked, uh, because the book keeps getting, uh, stolen around the house there, but I want her to go through it. Cause I said, I want you to do this so that I better understand. We better understand each other so that we can better honor each other. The fact that she, you know, her, her style, uh, from a, uh, exp- like you talked about experiencing God, uh, which was, that was spiritual or faith. Uh, like how, how she's going to, she's going to go to church and go to worship oh, and feel spiritual, 
spiritual. Um, whereas I'm, I'm happy to go out into the forest and sit down and, and commune with my God out there in solitude and, uh, contemplation and whatnot. Okay. So does that mean that she goes to church and I don't, well, how can we, you know, maybe sometimes, which is actually what we do, but how can we better serve each other? Cause sometimes it's really special for me to go to church with her. Yes. And yes. there's sometimes that I would love to have her go out and sit and talk with me. And, uh, that the honoring is what, and that's why I want my kids to do it. Business partner again is so that, man, how can I, so if I take away my self-interest and say, this isn't to make the world around just fit me and make me, you know, format my world around me. How do I relate to others? Cause yes. I, I know often I'm, man, I'm rubbing them the wrong way. And, and, and it's going to help your marriage. It's going to help your mm-hmm. partnerships and business. It's going to help your parenting. It's going to help all those things. Just like here's another one. We haven't talked about the love languages, right? This is just another, you know, you could call those the love styles, right? You Absolute, could. Absolutely. And so what you have is a, an entire book, a super popular best-selling book that's devoted to one, one style love. And, and this has got 12 different styles. So you, you, and it's great to learn your love languages because it will make you a better spouse, no doubt about it. And so what could you learn that would make you better spouse, parent, business, colleague, Christian, there there's information. What, sure. what you said right there is what I explained yesterday to a business associate as we were talking about, I was talking about the book and said, yeah, exactly. The lo- uh, five love languages, one of the best selling personal development books of all time uh, oh. is talking about love. And then you've got like Ken Geyer's windows of the soul. That's talking specifically about your styles in just the spiritual aspect. So there's two books uh, committed just to two areas I don't know that I know books of all in all the 12 areas that you hit. That's why I love that you hit 12 areas. Um, right. Because of that. Okay. Here's a, here's another one. Mike, speaking of uh, books, Mike Flynn, uh, who's the author of, um, of the book. Oh goodness. Uh, uh, master the key, master the key, neat book. It's a parable and it follows though his life. And he said, I'm highly aware, but this only came after being caught off guard and nearly losing everything consummate story there. You know, that's when people who need to be pursuing a healthier habits, lifestyle, uh-huh. finally have the heart attack. Now they're ready to do it. Well, now yes. they're not at the best place to do it. They're never going to get back to as good as they could have been. So same thing here. Yeah. we we see that in personal development so often that people are trying to get self-aware after they go awry by not being self-aware. That's very much what his book is about. He was so unaware of himself and he does a great depiction of that. I'm sure you see that. So my charge to everybody listening is, uh, those of you who are not in a bad place, not in a critical place, get this book so you can apply it. It's where I am. I'm not in a bad place. And I got the book and I thought, Oh my gosh, I'm going to, I'm going to jump up a level because of this. Let's not yes. wait till we're in critical mode. Yes. And imagine if you were say a millennial, you know, uh, imagine if you could get a hold of this information earlier in life, then you, man, it would just, wow. It would really, really, really help you. But of course it'll help you at any time as you're talking about right now. But this is the thing about personal development is, and again, some of these people have written and say, Hey, you know, I saw what was going on and I, took action. Great. But yeah, don't wait until you have the heart attack till your wife leaves you or husband leaves you. Don't, you know, don't wait until the financial, your finances just go crashing down. You know, don't wait till those things. So imagine if you could learn about your financial styles right now, just understand where, how you relate to money, how helpful would that be now before that were to happen? Or again, parenting style, 
before you know we have this huge conflict because you know before you become parents just read it and say this is how i would think my style would be this is how i would see my style i mean how helpful would that conversation be that could that that could really in, have a huge positive impact on a couple well again it's why i have you on the show it's why i have my family going through this yeah because i want my kids it's funny my uh my side of the family mom dad brother sister we have a group text that's usually going throughout the day with new things and one of them sent something that i had sent to my kids a couple weeks ago it's a little little internet meme says i'm glad i learned about parallelograms in high school math instead of how to do my taxes it comes in so handy during parallelogram season Uh, Okay. We get the point of that, but same thing here. My kids, whatever they learn in reading, writing, and arithmetic, we actually took a semester off of, of the different school things that they were doing just to homeschool. This is one of the reasons every day they have an hour of personal growth time right now. This is their homework is going through. You got style so that they understand themselves. This is the stuff that, uh, I mean, this is in the corporate world right now where they're hemorrhaging because kids do not have self-awareness. They do not have, uh, a lot of insight into intuitiveness. It's the soft skills. I would put this ahead of any curriculum right now for them to know their styles and, and back to what we talked about too. It's not just a self-focus so that they can be aware of other people's styles. You talk about, I mean, this goes back to Zig Ziglar and sales uh, and knowing the other person, understanding another person, the more self-aware we are of ourselves should, I think, transfer to the under, being able to understand other people and go, oh, and this comes back to, you know, consummate sales. I was doing this with a, we have a prospective investor in another business. I was kind of laughing at myself from, you know, one-on-one as he would go back and cross his arms and he would get up on the table and get impassioned and I would just mirror him. I mean, that was sales one-on-one, you know, and it actually, I mean, it enamors people to you. It works. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, that's not my field. I don't know as much about that, but I under <laughs> certainly the concepts apply. Absolutely. Well, Here's one. And on this, what we're talking about, just being awareness, here's a a very candid response. Kent, he says, I have no style. That's why I listen to podcasts so I can try and figure out who I am. I just want to feel good in my own skin. Okay. There's a good anchor for the show. You want to feel good in your own skin? I'll say, read Rick's book. I mean, how many people have you seen do this and go, and it's just, it's relieving. It's a breath of fresh air. You'll see yourself. You'll see yourself and you'll be like, oh, that's me. Oh, and it's such a good, just self-accepting thing to say, that is who I am. That's the way I am. And now that I understand that about myself, you know, I then can do X, Y, Z. And I don't have to walk along trying to be somebody else or trying to be, you know, who I'm not. Just be, you know, who you are, the way you're wired up. It'll help you enormously. Well, you know, and let me add something to that too. That to be who you are, this came out, gosh, I think it was, it might've been yesterday talking with my business partner. So, okay, I just did this thing because we're t- making a decision. And I said, what came out of it as a de- my decision style is uh, impulsive. And, and the primary reason, I, I just want to make a decision so we can just get going. But as we all know, and, and I'm you know, laughing to him, he knows sometimes I'll make that decision and it was the wrong decision. So, man, we need to temper myself. So this was, this was an area of saying, okay, look, dude, my, my decision-making style is impulsive. So let's go with that. It was, it was the opposite of saying, okay, admitted that's my style. Help me. I need help. Yes. Yes. And again, if somebody has a different decision style that where they're the overthinker sure. style, Sure. So they're they're so you're like, um, could we make a decision here? And they're they don't want to make a decision, you know. So that's no good either. That doesn't help. 
the situation. So, you know, uh, or the procrastinator, right? The opposite of the, of the impulsive. You don't want somebody who is not going to make a decision. So it's enormously, it's so great for you to know that you're that style and then be able to see the benefit of that to push people toward making a decision versus, oh, we need more information, more information. And that's just really, that's another style of person who is more hesitant to make decisions. Okay. Well, now I'd be reticent if I didn't address what you just said too, because in that, uh, and I don't know if we hit on this in the first show together, Rick, of saying, you know, are you just, are you just one, uh, do you have one style? Because in that I generally, overall, I am impulsive in making a decision. That's my style, except when you have some of the things that I don't want to deal with some of the family planning, some of the hard talks or whatever, then I go over into procrastinator and I'm pretty good yes, at that. Sure. Putting yes. that off when I do, do get yeah. the, I've got one right now at the top yeah. of my email from my bookkeeper saying, Hey, look, we need some business sta- or some bank statements. Oh my gosh, man. I just, I would rather just pluck my toenails out and have to go figure out numbers and make copies that can I get somebody else to do that, which is probably what I should do. Uh, but uh, to where I we... wouldn't put that under decisions, really. I mean, I know it is a decision to deal with this thing or to that thing. But that that again, that's really just the way your style is. And again, you're a designer. A designer's yeah. work style. This is not what you want to do. And that's why you've got to find ways to farm that out to other people. And then occasionally we have to do it. You do it. Yeah. And then and then you move back into what you're comfortable with. Well, obviously, uh, Rick, yeah, you have, um, you've opened up a, a, a new world for me in this thing. I love the message. That's why we're doing it here again. I want people to digest this and, uh, I'm always shameless in, in saying, you know, go get a book, but this one, I don't know how you can get the benefit without going through it. Just like my kids are right now. We're going to be going through as a family, uh, to read through there, to work through it. And if folks didn't hear that before, well, I'll say this in the intro, but you know, you literally have it to where you can go check it off and it'll showcase what you are. I think a lot of yes, people have inventories at the end of every, yeah, chapter. the inventory, but I think you can also, you know, read through and you're going to recognize yourself. I, I really enjoyed, uh, with my wife are, I enjoy do, thinking of her. I think, gosh, man, I think this is what she is. And I'm so eager for her to do the same thing so we yes. can benefit. So I just am grateful for you doing what you did to bring this message, uh, to us. And, uh, thanks again for taking your time to be with me today. Yeah. And, and I'll just do a shameless plug and say, here's how you can get the book, right? RickMcDaniel.com. You want to sign copy. And by the way, it's, it comes in a hardcover, a soft cover, an ebook and an audio book. So if you're an audio book person, ebook person, it's available every way you could want, want to get it. Uh, but, or of course, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, all those places, but, but uh, I'll be happy to sign one for you. If you go to RickMcDaniel.com and get, get a book, but get it, get it. I've got two here, man. Neither of them are signed. I'm going to have to get more. (laughs) Okay. Rick, thanks so much. All right. Okay. Okay, folks, that wraps up our focus on personal style with Rick McDaniel. To work through your own personal style and those that you care about in your life, you can get Rick's book and read through the categories and take the assessment. Again, the book's called You Got Style. You can get a signed copy by going to rickmcdaniel.com or just buy the book wherever you get your books. Coming up in episode 753, I have even more style for you. Personal awareness, it's such a foundation for, it is the foundation, I think, our growth, uh, our root issues. It's so much so that I named the broadcasting company 
where I produced The Ziegler Show and my new podcast, The True Life Show. I named it Aware Broadcasting. Well, coming up in this next show, I have two guests joining me, Stephen and Mara Klemek. Stephen is a corporate consultant. Mara is a clinical psychologist, and they have developed an intriguing look at heart styles, which has culminated in their new book, Above the Line. It's a culmination of extensive research and data. You'll hear us talk about that. But they cite that all our behaviors how we behave can be explained by four heart-based principles, humility, love, pride, and fear. And often our best self is pitted against our worst self. Folks, I know you can relate to that. There's what we want to do and what we really do. And we deal with that every day, our successes and our failures. So we're going to get to some of the root issues, some of the clinical issues of that in this next show. Till then, folks, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. <music>